On this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast, we'll discuss how do you hide your wood. And boo, you whore of Babylon. Let's do this. Welcome to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. I'm Diana. I'm Liz. And this week we're talking season five, episode 17, 99 Problems. What a bitch ain't mine. Couldn't help it. Couldn't help it. I know. Somebody had to do it. Um, Yeah. 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 I will also say that I did take the time to like go over the lyrics for that song just to be like, (laughs) how would this, I'm like, oh, these lyrics are... Get, there's some 99 problems in the song. Oh, shit. Okay. There's a lot of problems in this episode, too. So we'll see. I thought about trying to count to see if we could get to 99. And we may. I don't know. We have a little <laughs> little thing that pops up. A little pew, bing, bing. Uh, problem, so, problem counter. Uh, problem counter. So we are recording this the, the week after Thanksgiving. Yes. So we are, we are in December. Uh, Diana, how was your week? It was good. I had a, a nice holiday break. Um, with fun and family and um, getting a starting to prep for the holidays uh, yeah you know just like little things got all decorate most of our all of our decorating inside is done and we've got you know and how extra is your tree so fucking extra we've got a full-on glue like silver glitter tree basically it's insane and now like what's sad is that i have so many glittery ornaments that were like silvery and they you can't really see them now because they blend in with the tree oh so you didn't replace i couldn't do that so i would have to change out all the ornaments they would have to be all like i would go pink or blue because you couldn't they couldn't blend in Mm -mm. well i a lot of my colorful ones i really like and so i held back on some anyways it's a whole thing and i'm probably gonna buy more ornaments that's the that is the summary so don't worry that is where my brain went but it's it's ready for this season at least um and uh yeah it's just uh trying to get back to real life after just a couple of days off and yeah that's running. sweet that swing like after having a couple of days off it's always hard to get back into a monday although yeah. i'm not sure when my when we were actually off but you know uh yeah. so yeah relatable yeah yeah <sighs> But yeah, anything anything with you right now? Uh, so finally, after years of waiting, Wednesday came out on yes. Netflix, and hmm, I've only watched the first episode. I'm sorry. Hmm. So I'm going to have to watch it again. Of course, okay. I would do it anyways. But yeah, I my suspicions were confirmed. I hate Gomez and Morticia in this. I do like, I think Jenny Ortega is really good and I'm really glad to see her in the role. There are, and you can very much tell the episodes that Tim Burton directed because there's eight episodes, I think. And mm-hmm. so there's, I think there's probably like four or five different directors, but you could definitely tell which ones were Tim's because yeah. they were better. And I think I did mention to a friend that I wanted to cut open Tim Burton's brain and just eat all his genius. And I think he would be okay with that. Like, I don't think that statement would freak him out at all. I think so. he would just be like, cool. 
and yeah, thank you. he'd be like thank you thank you and then maybe to do it if he did a drawing of that like his brain open oh. and me just eating eating his yeah. genius yeah. so uh i i would recommend watching it i know one of my friends was like so the premise is that wednesday is a bitch and there is yeah, there's some, some things that I would definitely have changed in it beyond just some of the casting. But um, I, that was most of my, you know, the anticipation and build up and then, okay, now it's over. Now I have to think about it and, and rewatch it all again. I was like, just from the first episode, well, in my mind, I think we all, I, I think a lot of us envision the last uh, live iteration of the Adams Family, um, which is hard to top. I think that's one of the challenges here. But if you look at the old like cartoon drawings of the Adams family. And I get I know what you're saying, that mm-hmm. Luis looks more like the Gomez yeah. for them, and that's fine. Yeah. He looks more like him, but he's not suave. Like he doesn't like and maybe he was trying to go away from the idea grosser. of a Latin mm-hmm. lover, but it was he was just kind of dumb. And okay. Gomez is, I know Raul Julia changed him and made him into something that is even better than what he was. Right. But at the same time, there's still an, an, like this air of sophistication of suaveness that is just part of Gomez. I don't think was there. And also that bit of evilness that's in Morticia was not there. And by evilness, I mean, delight in things that are wicked and, you know, like just taking joy in other people's suffering. And, you know, that's what Morticia does. And this was, she was, Catherine Zeta-Jones was so nice. Oh, so well, nice. Well, I've in the first one, but I do like Catherine Zeta-Jones. So, um, I don't know. What can I do? We'll see. Right, we'll so, see. Maybe so, my opinion will change. We'll see. But I'm a little bit more, yeah. I'm a little bit more, I'm a little more sunshine and rainbows than you. <laughs> But that's the whole purpose of the Adams family. It's for Mm -hmm. those of us who are not sunshine and rainbows that, you know, our, our sunshine is gloomy skies and Uh, our rainbows are, you know, thunderstorms and lightnings. And so I also know it's very hard to take on something that people have such an immense you know, devotion to much like, oh, you know, yeah. to spin this back to this going into the spinoff is supernatural, you yeah. know, where I know a lot of SPN fans are like of my friends don't like the new one or, you know, the spinoff of the Winchesters and just all the things that are going on. So yeah, it was a big ambitious project. I know, I hope there will be more. I like the concept of the school because Nevermore is a great name and the idea yeah. of like this outcast school, but then like, it's, I don't know. Like, it's like, there's this whole conformity part of it that also gets to me. I mean, and that actually, I think, will go into this episode. So let's talk about conformity. My one other little side of things that I watched this weekend was a lot of fucking Christmas movies. And I did watch um, the Lindsay Lohan new Christmas movie. I see. I watched the Lindsay Lohan. I watched the Castle one, which uh, I were saw that Car- one last year. Yeah, with mm-hmm. oh, well, that was last year's. So I don't know. I didn't. I mean, it was new. I would, basically, I was just like Netflix, and then just let it go. Christmas movies, play what you want. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, I was just like whatever. Play this oh, thing, and then okay. just keep going because I yeah. can't make decisions. And so, yeah, the Carrie always with a Scottish accent. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. The Lindsay Lohan one, I thought was cute. If it was little bit syrupy but um it was cute i'm glad 
glad Lohan made yes. like a comeback. Yes. Although I feel like the ski lodge in there, like, is that actually one of her resorts? I don't know. Uh, so I watched that <laughs> one, and then the other one that you watched, where we we saw Freddie Prince Jr. Freddie Prince Jr. Aging. and Amy Garcia from Lucifer. Mm. Yay, Amy Garcia! Yay. But her. yeah, and Freddie Prince Jr. We're just like, mm, boy, yeah, boy, yeah. who's married to? Sarah Michelle Geller, of course. There we go. So we get another circle it around. Circle it all around the shows and things we like. There we go. It's all intertwined. Our fandoms all overlap. Yeah. So this all this right. show, this episode, <laughs> episode season five, episode 17, 99 Problems was named after the song because this was the 99th episode of Supernatural. And so... That makes sense, doesn't it? It first aired April 8th, 2010, and was directed by Charlie Char- Charles Charlie Beeson and written by Julie Siege. So pretty standard people up in it. And, you know, I think as Diane and I, you know, I didn't have to prep her for this episode as much because it's not a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. And, the, and but... we'll get into the reason why. It probably would have been less of a bummer, but they made they did something. So... Uh, but we just start off like in a very intense opening montage here. Oh yeah, super intense. We got Sam and Dean, dri- Dean driving. Sam's fucking bleeding. They're hauling ass like freaking down a road, and you don't exactly know what's chasing him, but it's pretty, you know, easy to guess. It's probably something bad, something monstery. And they turn and there's the roads okay. blocked. Here's the first yeah, here's the first problem of the episode. Sam wants baby to go faster and Dean says she can't. And I think that's a lie. I saw that RPM. <laughs> she could go faster. That's problem number one. <laughs> so anyway. Problem they, number they one. Yes. Um <laughs> but then there's a, a roads blocked by a fiery um semi truck. And but problem number two, it wasn't all the way across the road. It was like in the middle of it. Like you could just drive around that. And that was a lot of time. They like can open whoever set that up, like can opened the whole entire top, filled it with something flammable, because not all trucks are full of flammable materials, and set it on fire very evenly. Very evenly. It was a very lovely fire. (laughs) But um all of a sudden behind them. There's a fire hose or a truck with a fire hose rigged onto it with a, like a, from a stock tank kind of thing. Do they start getting attacked before they see the truck? I think they get attacked before oh, they see right. the truck. Oh, you're right. You're right. They start getting pulled, like attacked at the in the car by, by people because, slash demons. Yeah. Cause they started getting in the car when they were turning around. What? It's so weird. <laughs> they're trying to turn around because of the fire. They're trying to like turn around because of that. And then like, they're trying and to get dragged like, out of the car. And then all of a sudden there's a truck. <laughs> with spraying water on them i don't know it's very very weird and confusing and then there's chanting through a megaphone and they're doing an exorcism through the megaphone while spraying down the the attackers with we assume holy water because they're not liking it it's very odd it is very chaotic but also this is smart um why has nobody ever thought about putting why has nobody ever thought about putting decisions? Oh, there's a lot of yeah. This is a, there, we can we can come up to 99 problems on this one. So that was a very smart idea. Let's let's mm-hmm. put I, you, someone should do this all the time. And yeah. I think Jensen Ackles made a joke at a con about maybe they should just put a sprinkler system on baby and the top of it yeah. that just spins around. But also the mass exorcism over megaphones also smart. 
good choice. Yeah. Like, you know, you okay. take care of things at once. So, and we get lots of demons just cock smoking out. Cock smoking out all over. So much cock smoke. Yeah. And then there's three dudes with shotguns and ask if Sam and Dean's all right. And um, let, like, warn them that it's dangerous out there. And apparently this is the Sacrament Lutheran Militia. Sacrament Lutheran Militia. Hmm. Run away. <laughs> if you are ever wanna... out there and you meet <laughs> any members and they call themselves, generally if you hear any of the word militia, you should probably run. But you put sacrament and Lutheran in front of it. It's just some red flags. It's okay. Um, morning. Morning. <laughs> But they want to explain to Sam and Dean that those were demons and this is the apocalypse. So we got to buckle up. Hey, oh, that's my okay. line. Good to know. Good to know. And so then we cut we to. Cut to the, yeah, yeah. Sorry. So we cut to the, hey, look at my trunk. Isn't the inside? Look, look how cool we are. Yes. We got good stuff too. We're cool guys. Like us. Mm-hmm. Let me show off my trunk. Team trunk. Um. And it's like basically like yeah we're we're basically colleagues, huh? And he starts Dean starts commenting on like their police issue shotgun and the truck with the holy water hose rig and like that was pretty cool. And uh, it's kind of being elusive, like yeah you kind of pick things up along the way, but not really saying how they know how to do this shit at all. But they the guy the three new guys bring Sam and Dean to town. And their town, it looks very inviting with a lot of concrete barricades and razor wire and armed guards See, outside of a church. Yes, it, but it also looks very apocalyptic. And so I started very. to make, I was like, oh, it's like 2021. I was like, I made that joke far too many times as apocalypse season. But it uh, does. It looks like Seattle <laughs> or downtown Austin during uh, COVID. Yeah. And uh, we see a redheaded woman tell one of the three guys to take his headphones out before he goes into the church. And it's his mom. Um, and we see a devil's trap um, on the ground at the entry. And inside, the church is full of parishioners witnessing a wedding with shotguns in hand. And it's a so group eight- wedding, which yeah. is also just terrifying. Like, people should not get married in groups. Like, it's, that's yes, a sign of a the cult. eighth one like, this week. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. I don't care if there is an apocalypse going. You get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So the, the wedding ends and um Sam and Dean meet the pastor. And Dean is eyeing the pistol in the holster on the pastor's thigh. And I really think that he wasn't so shocked that a pastor was carrying a pistol, but that he didn't know what the fuck a holster is. That's what I decided he was so excited about <laughs> because we, as we've learned and as we've commented on repeatedly is that the Winchester brothers don't use holsters and that's dumb. But it that's, is dumb. That's, but that also, was my, I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, he wants to know what that is. Does that hold your gun? Is that what that's for? <laughs> I'm just teasing. Also, Sorry, but that, why did you choose, why did you choose to go with, you know, tactically speaking, why did you choose to go with the thigh strap here? What was, I mean, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, that's, that's a choice too. It's a choice too, but at least it's a holster. I mean, I don't know. Like, yes, yeah, so at was, least your gun is latched into something. So. 
Okay, so so anyways, so sorry. Um, <laughs> but so he takes them downstairs, and uh, there is a prepper room in the basement of the church. Yep, that's what I would call it. So that's not yeah. disconcerting at all. <laughs> that inside of a church, people are packing shells full of stuff. Well, there, it was salt rounds. It is salt rounds, and maybe it's just because I was really close to Waco. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, there's a church with guns. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. And small children loading the the the. And that's um, always a great side when you're just like you're you're prepping your kids, just helping them get yeah. ready to fight the the demons. Ooh, and jugs okay. of of what I assume are holy water. It's just yeah, it's a full on. It's like a little assembly line down there. They are at it. And apparently, um, the pastor tells them that, you know, yeah, the whole town pitches in. I like Dean's comment, though. He's like, a whole town of hunters don't know whether to buy a condo or run screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second. Do the second. And Sam starts asking questions like, well, like, why, why did y'all do this? Why didn't you, like, I don't know, call the National Guard? Which I thought was a weird thing, because Sam knows damn well the National Guard can't really fight demons. But also... They were, told, they were told not to. Hmm. hmm. What? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. So Dean's like, yeah, obviously someone is telling you something because you had that exorcism out there. So um, a girl named Leah walks and, up. And oh. also, I mean, I'm not sure if they get, like, it's alluded to, and maybe I just missed it, but and we'll, it'll come back later that this is a different exorcism than yes. what Sam and Dean had been using before. This one's an Enochian. Yeah, they thought it was an, like, Dean kind of thought it was Enochian, but wasn't, like, you know, he's not exactly our language expert. Um, but yeah, it'll come back that it was a little different than what they do. Yeah. yeah. So Leah walks up, and she knows, it, and we meet Leah. This is the pastor's daughter, and she knows Sam and Dean. She wants the her dad, the pastor, to tell them everything, because she knows everything. She Because the angels told her. Oh, they did. Oh, oh, angels okay. told her. She but knows Dean's about, like, yeah, go ahead. She's like, yeah, I know about that marks on his ribs and everything. Like, it's a lot. It's a lot. But Dean has this all figured out. He is like, all right, cute pastor daughter. I know what's going on here. You talk to angels, but you get migraines and stuff, right? Just feeding her mm-hmm. all this information. She's like, sure do. And he is mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, you're not the first prophet we've met. You're just like Chuck. You're a prophet. That's that's what's going on here. See, done. It all makes sense to me now. Go. <laughs> but she's cuter. No, fair. Because he makes that comment. Anyways, and and the the pastor's kind of annoyed at this point. But yeah, she knows she apparently the angels have taught her all this shit. She knows how that's how she learned the exorcism, and that's how she knows when demons are going to attack, so she can plan ahead and tell the town, which is convenient. But when have, like, this also was my first, like, kind of red flag. I'm like, when have, when have angels been able to do that yet? Hmm. So, hmm. just saying. So we go to the local bar, like you do when you're in Apocalypse and Town. It's, and it's a good <laughs> bar. I would it hang is. out at this bar. Yeah, it looks it like cool. a fun, like, nice divey place, just pool tables laid back. It's like clean dive or just, like, yeah. to it, but, like, yeah. just chill bar. I love that. Um, and Sam's trying to get a whole, leaving a voicemail for Castiel, but he's not around. 
Well, um, he's not around, but he's getting his voicemail. And yeah. Cass's voicemail is just Cass understanding, doesn't understand how voicemail works. And so he's like, why you want me to say my name? And then you yeah. just hear like a bunch of buttons being pushed because he was it's saying funny. stuff. And it's adorable. Sandler. And so Cass, Cass struggling with technology. Cass struggling with anything is always mm-hmm. adorable. But Sam in that message says that they're in Blue Earth, Minnesota, and they need yeah. help. But Blue Earth, Minnesota, actually, this goes back to season one episode 21 salvation because their hunter friend pastor jim murphy which is interesting because he was another pastor Mm. was murdered by meg there oh that's right so interesting it doesn't like they never bring that up during this Mm -hmm. but i just thought that was an interesting choice that is huh well Sam goes to order a couple beers and is talking to the bartender and he's like, yeah, the bartender's like, yeah, basically since the end started, it's been one long, long last call and people are drinking it up. Like the bar is hopping. Um, and I don't think this is wise. Like, I think there's an apocalypse coming. Like, yeah, I mean, you should be drinking, but you shouldn't be drinking. Like you should be able to yeah. like be able to, you know, shoot a gun straight. Yeah. there's a, Yeah. I mean, so you can have beers, but not shots. That's what that means. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so um sam's sam's kind of upset at the, about this whole situation because he's like what so now the angels are just making humans do their dirty work go fight the demons and they just tell them where to go and dean is kind of bombersville here man he's just straight up like hey we're all gonna die in a month or two at the end of the world so the town's not freaking out they're exiting in an orderly fashion it's not bad like yeah why not i kind of like this and Sam's pissed though, because he's like, "I thought we were gonna save the world. What the fuck?" But and their now you're... gets cut short, and then it does get cut short. And also during his explanation of his theory, and but while the demons are there, we get a we get a gank because he thinks the demons may want to gank the prophet girl. So now I also have mm. ninety nine ganks. Ugh. I have ninety nine of them. So a church bell is ringing, and yeah. so that signals everyone that it's time to leave the bar and go to church. Hmm. Yeah, because they got to go hear what Leah saw in her newest vision. That's what that means. Okay. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So the our pastor, his name is um, by the way, Pastor David Gideon. Uh, and he informs the congregation that about five miles off the road, there's been a bunch of demons gathered and who's going to volunteer to come fight them with me. And um, Rob is one of the gentlemen that was in the first scene. He volunteers. Paul, also from the first scene, but also our bartender, also volunteers. And of course, obviously, then so do Sam and Dean. And they say a prayer and Paul takes a drink from his flask during the prayer. And interesting enough too, the pastor of the prayer he's leading is the our father our father. And when they get to who art in heaven, Dean just snarkily goes, Not so much. And so, but it's like got but also he's just like you see like how defeated he is during this. And I was like, Yeah, this has gotta be such a punch in the face to be like watching all these people pray to a God that you in fact know exists. Like you now know this. You know this. But- that but he that, doesn't but, care. Yeah. I yeah, no wonder he's in a fucking depression. Like I would be so like bummed out too, right? Yeah. So but That's you know, it. just like you know, and when you're sad, what do you do? You go shoot shit. So they go yeah. hunting. 
Yeah. Yep. And um, as uh, you know, they're in the woods, like creeping up to the house that where apparently all these demons are. And we've got our pastor, we got Rob, we got Paul, we've got Jane. Um, who is with Rob and is the mother to Dylan, who's in this as well. And then Sam and Dean, for sure, are in this scene. And um, they're approaching the broke, this, uh, like this house just looks kind of abandoned, but we also know that that's never a good sign in this show. So <clears throat> they go attack demons um, and they all get attacked basically by demons. And it's pretty much mass chaos and everybody just keeps having to save each other for a couple of minutes, but it all ends fairly quickly. Um, yeah, Dylan's it's a lot of stabbing and shooting and exorcisms and yeah, there's like just, one we, Jane has this weird holy water squirting yeah, thing yeah. what the fuck was that like was it like, was just like I, I don't even know what it was and I was just was like really what weird. is that like why weird. don't you have a gun okay like you're a chick and you have to squirt water what? okay it was weird fine yeah um I said blasting and stabbing demons exorcism central that's what my notes said about all this. Um, so they, they wrap up and they've killed a bunch of demons and they're leaving. Uh, I will point out that one of the, um, one of the, I didn't notice which person, but one of the people from the town had a drum magazine on their shotgun. And now I'm annoyed again. And why don't either the Winchesters have drum magazines on their shotguns? Cause we've had them run out of shotgun ammo on multiple occasions and that would at least help. I mean like, yeah, you still run out eventually, but you can hold a lot more than. Shotguns are not, I don't know. And they're not, we, we've gone through this. We've gone I through know, the shotgun debate before, I know. but also another problem with this episode is that Sam's just like, I guess that's what it's like. And Jean's like, what? And Sam's like having backup. And I'm like, come on motherfuckers. Like this is season five. You have hunted with other hunters before. This is not the first time anybody else has been with mm. you besides, you know, Bobby, your dad, Ellen, Joe, Rufus, like, and then all the other random hunters that you've just brought into Grand, some of them shoot you, but you have yeah. hunted with other people. Yeah. Nah. And you've had the opportunity to call back up and chosen not to before. Mm. Yeah. So Dylan, though, this youngster, the young, young man wants to ride back with Sam Aww. and Dean and baby. He's, he's, he, he thinks they're the cool guys and he wants to be with the cool guys. I get it, Dylan. Yeah, so he runs up and Dean's like, hell yeah, because Dylan just saved Dean's ass a minute ago and throws him a beer. <clears throat> um, and uh, they're starting to crack open their beers, but guess what? There's a demon under the car and it drags Dylan underneath. Nope. Not fair. So many ways. So like many it. ways. I don't like things under cars. Nope. Mm -mm. Don't like it. And Sam gets the demon, but it's too late. Dylan's already dead. And Sam's Dean is very upset by this. Then he should be. This is a very, yeah. very upsetting thing. But yeah, it's in upsetting. This town, it's somewhat avoidable. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. And then because this town is not only marrying off people really quickly, they're also just burying them really quickly. Because it's always, it's his funeral. What the? Yeah, they went it's back like to an hour later. It feels like it's an hour later. Like he's got a casket. And I guess they just have like the caskets and flowers probably prepared. Maybe they're just reusing I mean, them. Like just toss a body in and then toss it out and burn it or something. But I guess. I mean, if they're having that many like demon attacks, they might need to. I don't know. So 
I don't know. And for um, some reason, Sam and Dean are hanging out by the doors so they can just have awkward conversations about this kid that was just killed. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Go sit in the back. Oh, yeah. Like, no. Like, she, I cannot believe that Dean tries to say anything to her. Like, what the fuck are you doing? No. Shut your mouth. No, sir. Shut your mouth, sir. Uh, yeah. So, uh, in the middle of the funeral... After the pastor tries to tell Jane and her partner Rob, who I never really got if he was actually Dylan's dad or not, but whatever. I think he uh, is. Yeah. Okay, well, Jane and Rob, Dylan's parents, it's like, there's no easy answers. I'm so sorry for your loss. Oh, shit, Leah's going to have a vision right fucking now in the middle of your son's funeral. Drama. I got to have all the drama, Leah. Like, you couldn't wait to have a seizure until after this was over. It's not all about you, Leah. And uh, she gets up and she's like, Dylan's coming back because when judgment day comes, we'll all be together and all our loved ones um, will be there. So the angels chose us. We're the for the promised paradise and we just need to follow the angels commandments. Well, before she gets to that line, though, that pretty much she's just saying, OK, on judgment day, you're going to be resurrected and we're all going to be together. I'm like, isn't that the whole premise of the Christian like church? Yeah. That you die and then y'all get resurrected. This is not new. This is not angel news. This is just what happens yeah. according this is to like, this is like this was the Prastor's sermon two months ago, probably. Like probably the fuck? Like, okay. All right. So we're all surprised at this news. And then of course she does say the the magic cult word words, which is we have been chosen. So cult warning, cult yeah. warning. Cult warning. Oh. And as they, so they leave, we see leaving the church and Sam is listing off these new angel commandments. Uh, no drinking, no gambling, no premarital sex. <clears throat> and says, Dean, they basically just outlawed 90% of your personality. They did. And also, why is anybody like, especially Sam and Dean going, angels don't give a fuck about this. That's what I'm wondering. Like, they're like, they don't even like, Dean's just like, yeah, we're in Rome. He's like, I'm not really cool with it, but I'm not, but I'm not a prophet. And, you know, y'all have we're been to heaven. Yeah. Y'all had taught to angels. They don't care. No. So how, uh, yeah. So this is like problem 765. Mm -hmm. All right. And so Sam just thinks this is all weird and the mm -hmm. Dean's being weird. And so he's just like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. I'm off. Yeah. And so Dean's going to go find Leah and talk to her. And she's resting because she's so tired from her exhausting vision that she just had. But she knows that he must have it so much worse. <sighs> and then he's just like, man, I got to know. Are you on the level about paradise? What? What? Dean. Like, have you not been listening to anything she's Dean. saying? She's obviously not. You just went to heaven. You know what heaven is. Oh, this hurts my brain so much. Like, so, yeah. He wants to know really what the angels are telling her. And she's like, look, yeah, it's going to be a prize fight. And it's going to be real bad. But the planet gets handed over to the Chosen. And it will be peaceful after that with no monsters, disease, or death. And um, Dean's like, yeah, but it's only if you can get past the velvet rope. It, you know, it must be nice being chosen. And she tells him that he's chosen. He responds that he's cursed. And then she calls him out for being the vessel of heaven with no hope. Which is very, very sad. And he's also right. It does sound a bit exclusionary. And 
it should be raising your flags. I don't know. Anyways. And so we've got sad, sad sack Dean. And then Sam goes into the bar, which is lovelier because nobody is there. Yeah. So you get the bar to yourself. It's just him and the bartender, him and Paul kicking it. <clears throat> um, and um, he, because of the new angel rules, everybody's following the rules. They said no drinking. So they're not drinking. And, uh, the bartender Paul starts telling him how he he grew up there, but he's just not really into holy rollers, um, and that most of the town would go there before, and they'd be getting wasted, banging the nanny, and now they're warriors of God. Yep, I am also amending they are a cult to include not only using the words chosen, but being warriors of anything. You are not a warrior, Megan. Even if that's what your T-shirt says, you were not. You're just going to get your coffee. You're fine. You don't need to be a warrior of anything when you go to Starbucks. And Paul says, you know, that he's not a hypocrite, right? And he's right. never prayed before. And he's not going to start now. So as he goes to hell, at least he's being honest. And frankly, I respect this a whole lot more than everybody else in the town. I'm like, yeah, damn right. Like, I'm not going to change myself. Like, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. Cool. Yeah. And he's like, he's not sure if he, there's a God. He's not saying he doesn't believe. And he's not saying he does. He's just, I'm not sure, but. I'm just going to keep living my life the way I have, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to help out my friends and neighbors when I need to go fight some evil shit. Like Paul looks, Paul is reasonable. a good person. He looks like a yeah. good person. He runs a bar. Mm -hmm. He helps his friends when they're getting attacked by demons and then he doesn't believe he's just living his own merry way. Yeah. And Sam, but he asks, he asks Sam about where he stands on it all. And Sam says he's a believer. I mean, cause how could you not be a believer at that point? At this point, uh, I think, yeah, you kind of confirmed. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he does think that God stopped caring, which we've kind of got evidence of, so that's okay, which is depressing, but that's all right. So, whew. all right, Sam goes back to their motel, which is nothing substantial to speak of as far as like cool design compared to some. So we'll move on from there. There is a uh, moment, and I, I, I knocked it out, I said it later, like, so I think it's probably cooler we're just missing it, because later when, like, Cass is in there, like, they show, like, one of the chairs, and it's got, like, this horse that's mm -hmm. embossed into it, like, the red okay. leather chairs, it looks really cool. So I kind of think they probably just, like, the lighting or something made it. There was probably oh. cool things in there. But anyway, so Sam's shit-faced, and it's hilarious. Yeah, Sam's shit-faced, Dean calls him a rebel, but... Sam's pissed because he had to stop drinking because the town now, in addition to everything else, has a curfew and they shut down cell towers, cable and internet. Now our red flags are, you know, like they're now alarm bells. These are it's, red flashing lights. They say get the fuck lights. out. And they also did not give any warning of this, right? So you're going to be in a motel room. You're not going to have anything downloaded, like, on your laptops to watch Ugh. later. Like, and then you're going to be stuck going, fuck, like, what is this last thing that didn't sync on my Netflix? Like, is that still there? And I'll be like, it expired three weeks ago. You're like, no, I just have to watch something. Oh, these poor guys, poor guys. And see, stuck I'm play, also stuck playing the offline solitaire on your phone. <laughs> And Sam is also just, just, just like, why don't you care that this town is turning into a fundamentalist compound? Like, oh boy. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And Dean's like, yeah, what difference does it make? And Sam's like, what's too far, you know, when they get to stoning or poisoning, poisoned Kool-Aid? Oh, Jonestown. Which yeah, I probably shouldn't say Jonestown with that. No. Oh, no. Oh, Jonestown. Oh. Um, but basically he's, Sam's pissed because the angels are toying with people. And Dean's response here is very telling about why he was talking to Leah, which we get a hint at, 
but his comment is angels got the only lifeboats on the titanic oh he dean dean don't want to go back to hell no no he does not but it's just but he also wants to have some say in who is going to heaven but I don't like this. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. And Sam's just like, look, you know, if you want to stop fighting, like, and Dean says, maybe. And Sam's mm-hmm. just like, you can't do this to me. And this is, Sam, you are correct. Yeah. Sam's like, you can't do this to me, and I can't do this alone. So Dean leaves. <sighs> oh, man. Out past and curfew. Out past curfew. He doesn't care. He's, he's going to be a rebel himself. And so he's going out to clear his head and we just cut back to the church militia and who have a night shift. Apparently. No, I don't think they stop. I think, yeah, I think you just got to keep loading, keep loading those shells all the time. Keep loading them, keep loading them. And she comes in and she's crying. Mm -hmm. These angels are angry. We can't go to paradise. They gave clear commandments, but some people aren't listening. Oh, and then okay. the town people just give Are us we... their names. Yeah. Oh shit! Oh, oh shit! This is turning fast. It's turning fast. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Okay. Is, yeah. Turn in, turn in your neighbor time. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> so Sam's back. We cut back to Sam in um, the um, the motel room, and we do get an entrance now by Castiel. So. Um, He's talking shit to Sam about his long voicemail and his grating voice. (laughs) And it is fucking hilarious. Hammer Cass is awesome, Cass. And he has this great line. We ask, like, you know, you're drunk. And he's just like, I found a liquor store and I drank it, which is the title of my next country album. I like it. I like it. Uh, Sam asks if he's okay and it follows up with. Don't ask stupid questions. <laughs> um, yeah. So Sam tries, tries to tell a little bit about what's going on. Demon attacks and this prophet named Leah Gideon. And Cass is like loaded, but it's also like, uh, yeah, she's not a prophet. I know the names of all the prophets. They're seared into my brain. So. And so I think Sam- he maybe literally. I think they may have just been like. like eh. Branded them onto his brain material. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Does he so, have a brain? I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's a bigger question. <laughs> that, that was going to say, well, would it be his brain or would it be the vessel's brain? Like, I don't nah. know. Yeah, I know. Complicated. Complicated shit. Uh, so they just don't, they don't. So Sam's like, what is she? Ooh. What is Leah? <laughs> so we've got Dean's outside, like the bar walking, and he hears a commotion inside the bar, like a fight, like an argument. So he goes in, and Paul and Rob, so Paul, our bartender, and Rob uh, is there with a pastor, and there's a few others, including Jane. And Paul tells Dean that his quote unquote friends are trying to run him out of town. All because okay. he's standing against a flock and he's not a believer. And Rob has a sledgehammer, so I think he's trying to do some like prohibition stuff and like smash all the liquor bottles. Fuck you, man. Don't ruin my liquor during an Mm-mm. apocalypse. You don't need this shit. I don't give a damn what the angels say. I'm gonna need some fucking drinks. Uh, yeah. 
But, and, and, but he's also saying, like, Rob's saying, like, oh, don't make this hard for us. Like, hard for you. You're the one, like, Paul's like, uh, this, this is my home. You don't have to drag me out of here. Yeah, good for you, Paul. I really like you. And Dean's trying to intervene. And then there's a little scuffle. And then Jane shoots Paul. God <laughs> damn it, Jane. What the fuck? What and like, and nobody is fuck? like, what the fuck, Jane? Everyone's well, just pastor's, like, pastor's face is what the fuck, Jane, for sure. But nobody pastor says is what it. the fucking, because <laughs> she says, she says, no one is going to keep me from seeing my son again. Oh, okay. Jane's, Jane's off the reservation now. All right. Okay. So we know Jane, Jane crazy. Jane. Oh no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Jane is not processing her grief in a healthy manner. This is this is not how we are supposed to do this, Jane. No. Paul Paul didn't kill your son. No. Technically, I guess Dean did, but you a demon did. So anyhow. All right. So back at the motel, we've got Dean entering with blood all over his hands, tells Castiel and Sam what happens. Castiel's like, oh yeah, it's starting. Uh and they ask, he asks Cass where he's been. And Castiel says, on a bender. <laughs> But he's still drunk. That is my um, response to many things. Like, where have you been this weekend? On a bender. <laughs> yeah. On a bender. Huh, it's okay. And uh, Sam's like, yeah, by the way, Leah's not a real prophet. <laughs> she just pops up with the whore. <laughs> he just basically shouts out, the whore. <laughs> and then. Uh, and I like that Dean's just like, tell us, how, tell us what you really think. Because he's not really in the. You know, like he has not caught up on this conversation yet. He has not. And this is also where we start going into, and I just don't know, is because it's not socially acceptable for men to use this word that often anymore. But every man in the show who gets to say the word whore is very excited about it. And we'll see it over and over. But the first time cast, you know, you just see Misha going, all right, I'm going to say it, whore. And it's like, oh, okay. All right. <sighs> That just popped in my head is from Mean Girls, which circles us back to Lohan. Boo, you whore! (laughs) Sorry. There we go. Boo, you whore of Babylon. All right. So Cass says that she rises when Lucifer walks the earth. And he starts giving us some breakdowns on this stuff, right? Right. Um, and that, you know, it's, she can read minds, bears false prophecies, and uh, the real Leah was probably been dead for months or weeks. Uh, and that even the exorcism that, that she's been sharing with them is fake. Um, and Castile is very tickled to share the translation with us. Yes, and so in the the Enochian, it basically translates to you um, breed with the mouth of a goat. And he says that it's funnier in Enochian because the boys aren't laughing, but I think it's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, is that basically just calling someone a goat fucker? I mean, is that kind of? Yes. Well, actually, I mean, goat yeah. mouth fucker. Yeah, goat mouth fucker. You're the means... mouth of a goat. So basically, you're fucking a goat's mouth. Yeah. yeah. Funny. So there we go. But apparently we learned that even the like the exorcism cock smoking out is all part of the con. So I have questions that are not answered. Does that mean these what? aren't actually possessed? 
are these actually not people? Who are these are people? They, or like, are they what? possessed people that are just like, it's not really demons in them? So are these people dying? Like, I don't know. And it's very confusing. No. That was very confusing. Nope, 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 nope. I mean, but basically, like, the whole point is that Leah is trying to manipulate people yeah. into spilling blood in God's name because that mm-hmm. will drag them into the pit. But then again, like, then my brain starts going, but they think that they're doing good. And I know that the road is hell is paved with good intentions, but they don't think that they're doing evil. So are they doing evil? Why are they going, mm-hmm. ah, 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 my brain hurts. My brain hurts. I know. And the dean's just like, I don't care. I just want to know how to, quote, go all pimp of Babylon on this bitch. So now Dean is implying that he wants to pimp handle Leah, which is also not bueno, Dean. (laughs) This is... We could file that. That Probably most people would file that under problematic. Yes. This episode really does have... 99 problems it is problematic so let's talk about this one a little bit more let's talk about you whore of babylon lore lore all right so this subject it's so disappointing you wouldn't even tell me about what lore is tonight because you are so upset about it. I'm upset. All right. So we're going to start off with where this episode is basically quoting Horror of Babylon from, right? And mainly the places where this comes from is shockingly surprising to nobody is Revelations. Revelation. And there in the King James Version, it's 17, 1 through 18. And it starts off with, and there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, I will shew unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. All right, so that you can kind of look at as like, so an angel came and said, I will show you the judgment of the great whore that sits upon a lot of waters and probably a lot of different places, whatever, right? The next line is, with whom the kings have, the kings of the earth have committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. It's mostly understandable. The kings of earth have fucked the whore and the people of the earth have gotten drunk on the wine of her fucking... Nope, lost me, lost me. Okay, let's go to the next line. I mean, I'm going to say that it's metaphorical, but go ahead. Go ahead, yep. So, he carried me away into the spirit of wilderness, and I saw a woman sit upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of names and blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. So, okay, so the angel takes him away into the woods, and there's okay. his chick. And she was sitting on a beast. And the beast is the one that had seven heads and seven horns. Not her. Okay. And it was full of names of blasphemy. Hmm. Okay, next. Next. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. All right. So first part. Chick was wearing purple and red clothes. Got it. Got it. Her jewelry was extra. Had a lot of gold and jewels and pearls. Got it. Got it. She's got a golden cup still with me. Still with you. And it was yeah. loaded with abomination and filthiness of her fornic... Uh, what? I don't... 
Uh, yeah, yep. And then upon her forehead was the name written Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of this earth. So that does a make lot sense. Of writing on her forehead. But that's a big forehead. That's like a five head. That's like a tie. <laughs> that's, that's a tie or bank size forehead, you know? Oh. So it's just really huge, right? But that wow. one, I think we don't need to translate. And the last line from this passage that we'll get into is, and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. All right. So basically she drank, you know, was very happy that all the saints are dead and Jesus is dead. Right. Okay, kind of get that. Yeah. But it's still a lot. Right. And how do you interpret this? Like there's so many ways. And that's one of the problems is because it's a metaphor. Right. So it can basically be whatever the fuck you want it to be. So, yeah. but in most times, most of the interpretations of it, it's not a person. So, okay. And part yeah. of that is because of how you interpret the word whore. But everyone's right. so happy to say this episode. So in the Bible, cities are often personified as women. And when you women do things against the church, well, now you're a whore. Well, yeah. So obviously. within that line of thinking, sometimes a whore of Babylon is thought to be Rome because Rome had seven hills and they didn't okay. like Christians historically. Jerusalem, because it was once called the great city and other things like prophets referring to Jer Jerusalem as a spiritual whore, right? Mm -hmm. This comes up, this part comes straight off of Wikipedia. And while it had references, I don't trust them, but it sounds believable to me. Anyways, so Protestants and modern day Seventh-day Adventist church think that in Bible prophecy, because they have to go to Bible prophecy classes, which is like a right. thing you learn. So you basically go learn how to like do prophecy from the Bible. Um, so they think that a woman represents a church. So therefore the church, the whore is the Catholic church. And so they're like, yeah, you know, it's got a cup, the golden cup to hold up during mass. It's got a lot of jewels on it. And, you know, in general, a lot of people hate the Catholic church. So they're like, yeah, that's it. Or the Pope more specifically. Right. But in general, it's something that is persecuting Christians, right? Or a city that is persecuting Christians. So that's kind of like the summary of it, right? But yawn, okay. that is so boring. Because like, we're just like, where's my whore of Babylon? Like, cause that sounds amazing, right? Well, not amazing, but at least it sounds dramatic, right? Yeah. There was a chick in purple roads on a giant beast. Where, yeah. where is my pizzazz? Don't give, don't make that a personification of some bullshit. I want to see a fucking bad bitch riding a giant monster. Well, then if you also think about what Babylon means, what Horvies, and if you're Alistair Crowley, oh. then yes, it can mean. And if you are Alistair Crowley, please go get tested for STIs. Uh, so he thought that the book of Revelation was a compilation of allegories. Shocking to no one. That is what the Bible basically is. It's a book of allegories, right? But the Babylon is the divine feminine that's where we get in goes into this concept of the sacred whore because she denies no one but she extracts a great price she also becomes known as the scarlet woman also by the way alistair crowley thought he was the great beast right or does dudes in general magic become the great beast that the whore is writing so there's a lot of these are the interpretation is so the great beast and the scarlet woman they have sex and they make sex magic and they make okay. the elixir of life which is you know sex juice or cup and she puts Remember, it in her and she puts it in her gold cup 
Yeah, remember when we talked about the source family and the whole mixing of the period blood with the cum and drinking it? Yeah, yeah that's where this comes from. And so sometimes Alistair also thought that the Scarlet Woman was a real woman. And so she becomes the mistress of the beast. And there were many women in Crowley's life who did hold that, hold that title, including Layla Waddell, who I almost did a thing on tonight, but her life just is not. It was interesting, but it's also her life is so much a byproduct of his that yeah. it's just like, ugh, like it's always like seen through the eyes of Alistair. And I want to know about her and the other women themselves. And, you know, it kind of makes me wish that these women weren't just a footnote to his life. That they, you know, right. And there are a lot of like within Thelemic writings and stuff, they, they do go into a lot about you. Know, there's like seven women that got associated with this, but they're still like they're still there for him or for right. a man right and the idea is this sacred whore the scarlet woman you come we you know the divine feminine holds the secret to life right and so you have to come inside the woman and then she will birth out her knowledge and then you will advance and then you will become the magician crowley crap crowley crap crowley crap so also disappointing. It's just disappointing. Yeah. I will say, however, that the horror of Babylon did inspire my favorite single of 2021, which is Babylon by Twin Temple. And on the B side is Ritual 777, where you can hear an initiation into new version of the mysteries of Babylon, which I much more prefer than Crowley's version. So, which is pretty much them going, hey, let's stop persecuting people. Awesome. Yeah, go listen to it. So that's the horror of Babylon. Again, Highly disappointed. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And so, and we, I, I will say that it's not a, 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 um, uh, a story that I was particularly familiar with. Um, I will, I haven't spent a large amount of time with that part of the Bible. <laughs> uh, so the weird random apocalypse version. Yeah. And, but again, like it's such, it's a metaphor, right? And so all of Revelation is a metaphor and that's why you can take it into whatever you want to kind of twist it in, which is why we can twist it into this episode and it still makes sense, right? So yeah. some of the things Cass says, you know, that does, he's quoting from Revelation. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, yeah, she's basically trying to get people to, to be mis, you know, mistruths. But that doesn't right. really fall along the lines of what she does. And I don't know. Well, it made me sad. Yeah. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to learn about the horror of it's Rome. <sighs> Damn it. Damn <laughs> like, it. That was a letdown. It's bullshit. It's bullshit, um, man. We're, you know, so I don't know. I, maybe we just make our own religion. And because we've learned how to make a cult from this episode. That's true. So. We'll do our own interpretation How to of the horror. Make your own cult. <laughs> someday. Someday. So, all right. So we're gonna cut back. And at this point, we're gonna cut to Leah, who is talking with a crying Jane. Yeah, Jane's freaking out a bit about the fact that she just killed her friend. Which is fair to be freaking the fuck out about should that. Should be. Should but, be Jane. But Leah tells her that the angels understand and that it was for the greater good. Whoa. And is uh, holding, Leah's holding Jane and Rob's hands during this. And her dad, the pastor, is watching this. And he's like, and, and he's kind of freaking out. He's kind of got a face like WTF. 
Um, Hold the fuck up. This is literally my job, Leah. I have yeah. literally been talking about God as my job for however long I've been a pastor. And yeah. I'm pretty sure this is not okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. And they're trying to like argue that, yeah, we liked Paul, but he was a sinner and he's going to take us all down with him. And Paul's like, or pastor, the pastor is like, uh, no, can't be okay. She killed him. That sin is much greater. How can the angels and, um, the response they were striking down sin and you got to have faith like you she plays to. that fucking faith card which is like also just pisses oh. me off like if you and that was you know reason <sighs> 9,755 that got kicked out of CCD, you know, just because I would ask questions like that all the time. It was like, how is this okay? And they'd just be like, you gotta have faith. And I don't believe, you know, that's... Sometimes you gotta have answers, Leah. Sometimes you gotta have some fucking answers and not faith. <sighs> also, anytime you hear the phrase, this is for the greater good, you should probably also run. Because that means someone's taking away some sort of semblance of your rights. Typically. <laughs> that's how we get the Patriot Act. Alright, so... <laughs> she plays the faith card but then we get you know just this moment of levity because Cass is still drunk and we're at the motel and he just he just slams hands over a giant piece of driftwood to Sam and Dean (laughs) which looks like the newest centerpiece from the Joanna Gaines collection by the way you could pick up at Magnolia speaking of Waco (laughs) that's that's what I was like oh I've seen oh that. I just this picture of like Magnolia being filled with like remnants from from the Branch Davidian compound, and then oh, using god. it as a centerpiece. Oh my god! <gasps> oh. Uh, but he's like very matter of fact. He's like the whore can be killed with that. Yeah, it's a stake made from a cypress tree in Babylon, and uh, yeah, but she can only be, be like, killed <laughs> yeah. by a true servant of heaven, which means not Castiel not Dean, and Sam's an abomination. <laughs> Certainly not Sam. Oh, burn! Burn! I, I was like, ouch! Ouch! Um, also, at this point, like, Rivers of Babylon just, has been stuck in my, like, been stuck in my head for the past week. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, I kept getting Hollywood Babylon. And how, yeah, I know we've already of, done before, so I can't yeah, Well, it's kind of crossing between the two, so you get, like, this reggae and this... <laughs> well now we've gone um leah's just taken over the congregation so we're back in the church and her pastor's now stand her dad the pastor is now staying behind her while she talks to the whole town and she's like look i don't know why the angels chose us but they did um and uh something that's gonna happen tonight at midnight and we knew this was going to come. It's the final judgment. And we need to do it right. But we're not ready. And she says, starts to talk about sinners. <laughs> she starts talking about sinners. And you hear the congregation kind of start grumbling and whispering. And this is where dad steps in. Because her dad, the pastor, is like, you're scaring people and you're going to get someone killed. But she won't listen to him. She's not going to stop. And um, well, she not only won't listen to them, she tells him, "You need to let me go, or the next sinner I'm name is going to be you." Yeah, Damn, because she she tells the people she's going to give them a list of names, and when he tries to really stop her, he's like, "You're going to get someone killed." She's like, "Let me go, or the next one I'll name is you." Whew. Yeah, and at this point, Whew. I think he like is like, "All right, 
something wrong. Something this wrong. This is not. This is not right. Yeah, he's got the alarm bells finally now, and he's outside um, by himself and gets approached by Castiel. Castiel's like, "I'm an angel of the Lord," and the pastor's like, mm. "So then he flaps him away." Also, you've just been sitting there like all this time believing that angels are talking to your daughter, and now you're like not going to believe this guy who says he's an angel of the Lord. Well, then I'll show you. I'm going to take you away to my motel. I'll flap, flap you away. Um, <coughs> and Dean's like, yeah, no, he wasn't lying about the angel thing. Uh, so here's the <coughs> truth about Leah. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hold on. Before I'm done coughing, I had a joke to make. <laughs> so um, when he flapped him away, he, he was like, uh, nobody warned him about the pooping thing when he got there, which oh I guess my. is like probably a good thing because during war, you probably don't want to poop. That's true. Maybe he's eating some MREs or something. Yeah, and this is where I saw the chair with the horse on it. <laughs> okay, I missed it. So they tell they basically tell the pastor, "Hey, here's the deal. It's not your daughter. Leah, the person that looks like Leah is the whore of Babylon, and uh, you have to kill her because you're a servant of God." What? And I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and he's like, "Wait, what? That's that's my daughter." <laughs> They're like, "Nope, she killed your daughter." Um, and you know, she's going to kill a lot of people and damn the rest to hell. So it's all you. And you got a sticker. You got a sticker. You got a stabber. Yeah. With this wood. Yeah. With this giant stick. <laughs> this unwieldy stick. It's very, it's, how do it you even. It's not like easy to like carry. You can whittle it. Like at least like I mean, whittle it into a stake. You can make it into like multiple little stakes. Why can't you make it into multiple little... I guess you could only have one man of God. But anyways, oh, like, guess. this just uh, seems like... How do you even hide this this piece of wood? <laughs> how do you hide your wood? <laughs> <laughs> how do you hide your wood? Um, all right. So we've got Dean and Cass outside. And Castiel is real hungover. Because he seems to finally have somewhat sobered up. It seems like it took, like, a while. That was a That was a bender. Um, and so Dean throws him a bottle of medicine and, uh, Dean tells Cass, Cass that, Hey, I'm an expert in deadbeat dads. I know how you feel. So we know, I mean, we already kind of knew this was obviously Castiel drinking in depression about God's lack of intervention or care. And so Castiel asks Dean how he handles it. And Dean, Dean's response is on a good day. You get to kill a whore. Nope. Sorry. No. Nope. Does this go on your problem list? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. Ooh. What the fuck, Dean? That is not a... This is not Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> That's never appropriate to say. Even in Grand Theft Auto, you don't kill you don't kill sex workers. You hit them and it's so bad. But okay, anyways, moving on. <laughs> so we go back to our church basement. And it's getting mm. bad. It's, this is so... It's worse. Yeah. Rob and Jane are now dragging their friend who's crying, Elise, um, in, into the basement of the church. And Jane's apologizing, saying they have to. And they're locking people in the storage closet. And there's a bunch of people in there. Uh, and Leah tells them, that's all of them. Now go get the kerosene. Brut row. Jane's like, well, there's kids in there. Okay. Leah's like, nope. That's, sorry, that's who the angels named. The angels named kids too. Gonna burn burn a whole bunch of folks in here. And also, your son needs you. So she's oh. like guilting her into this. It's fine to kill these random children and burn them alive. Burning them alive is what you chose? Oh. Oh, extra dark. Extra dark. Yeah. 
So, mm-hmm. well, we do get, um, you know, Leah goes alone by herself up to the pastor's office and we do see her scary hell face for a minute in the mirror. And she thinks she's super hot. I also like that she looks at herself and she goes, Wah! and she's just like, mm-hmm, that's right. I like it. <laughs> but then Castiel is there and he grabs her and the pastor's there and he's going to stab her. But then she goes, daddy, don't hurt me. And he tells the brothers are like, do it now. But it's, she, she's able to start chanting weird, like magic stuff. And yeah. Yeah, she's chanting and whatever she, words hurt apparently, and Cass yeah. is very upset by her words. And then she just telekinesis throws them across the room. That's a demon fling, right? She Basically. demon flings, I guess. Yeah, she, she's doing her Close own little enough. fling. <clears throat> so yeah, and then she runs away, but Cass is still in a lot of pain on the floor. I'm kind of concerned. I don't know what really happened to him. They never really say. He just laid on the floor and writhing in pain for a while. But the pastor and the brothers, or pastor tries to run after her, but the brothers try to, our Winchester brothers try to stop him because they're like, nope, don't, that's a bad plan. Don't chase her because she's going to go to her people. And she does. She runs down to the basement where all the preppers are prepping and says, oh no, the pastor's a demon and he's trying to get me because he runs in. Duh. Because he's chasing her and he gets grabbed and beaten down. They get they just start beating the shit out of him. Oh god, that's that's awful. And then she's just like tells Jane to go light the kids on fire. Yeah, go burn the kids while they beat my dad, <laughs> the pastor. This is fine. This is this fine. Is totally fine. Totally fine. So Sam and Dean come in and they get the, all the assailants off of the pastor and they stop um Rob from burning people alive, which is good. He's he's trying to get the lighter going. And Leah tries to tackle Dean and he's trying to grab the stake, but she basically calls him out for not being a servant of heaven. And then and she, she gets does, her monologue. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She does her whole villain monologue and she's also <sighs> choking him while she's just like sitting on him, like choking yeah. him. And, but this monologue I think is, it's a pretty good one. It is. She basically tells him that her team's going to win. Um, you're not that great, especially for a vessel. You're just self-hating and, and faithless. Um, and, uh, you're gonna let the end of the world happen and watch it happen. Yeah. But then Dean hits her in the head and then stabs her. And, and then, then what does he, he say? say? <laughs> and he says, Don't be so sure. Whore! And like he just emphasizes whore a lot. Like, oh, I'm uncomfortable. And he's like, again. This is just like, have you just been waiting to call a woman this for a very long time? I don't know. He's very excited to say that. I don't know. It's very, yeah. And she falls, falls backward and her face does like this weird staticky, evilly thing. And I don't know how to describe it. Uh, I just said it was, it was a spectacular death. It was, was pretty like, good. Like, the lights and black stuff smoke, going up. She's yeah, lightning yeah. in her body. It's fiery. Yeah, and Sam's hair is like feathered itself in all the wind. It's just kind of like hanging out in the side. I don't even like he got a hairstyle in the middle of this. Like Hi. that happens. And then Jane's just like, I don't know how we're going to get to heaven now. <laughs> <sighs> but then Dean calls her out and says, pretty sure you're headed in a different direction. Uh, and everyone's oops. just really shell shocked though at this point. So, yeah. 
And then we get this cute, you know, so Dean is carrying Cass and Sam is carrying the pastor, which for some reason my notes changed to pastor, but the pastor is being <laughs> carried out. And then we get another the second gank of the episode where Sam says he's pretty sure that she can only be ganked by a servant of heaven, Dean. So mm-hmm. what's up? And Dean just makes a crack about having a streak of luck and that, you know, I saw a shot and I went for it. And then Sam says a very well-known line because he kind of sees that something is going on. And he's mm-hmm. just like, oh, fuck. And he's like, are you going to use something stupid? Like Michael stupid? Yeah. We cut to the motel. And there's a, it's their, you know, Cass still looks like he's hurting pretty bad. But he's been kind of first dated and they've been bandaging up our pastor. Uh, and Dean's like, yeah, you're going to be all, you're, you're, tells, tells the pastor he's going to be okay. The pastor's like, no, <laughs> but Dean goes to leave. Um, he says he's going to go get some clean bandages out of the, out of the trunk. And Sam's a little apprehensive, but okay, let's him go outside. And then we hear the engine rev and Sam runs outside as Dean pulls away. Ooh, no. And he pulls away past the sign for this motel that we finally get to see. That it says that they were staying at Uncle Herb's Green Valley Motel with kitchenettes, aircon, Jesus is Lord. Stay two nights, get a free Bible, low rates, pets okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we see. And technically, Dean... can't you get a free Bible anytime you stay in a that's hotel? Funny. Well, I guess you're not supposed to take it. I guess that's only like, I don't know. I, don't I, think, I think they say take them. I don't know. Oh, yeah, some of uh, them do. You're right. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so we see Dean driving alone all night and it's daytime and we see him knocking on a front door of a house. Who answers? It's Lisa. <gasps> what? We remember her. He didn't have her number, but he asks how Ben is doing. And she's moved into this nice house and he's just kind of small, making small talk and she's not feeling it. And so, uh, she asks if he's all right. And he's like, Nope, no, no, I'm not. Um, you know, the life I live, it's going to be the end for me. But, um, but when I do picture myself happy, it's with you and the kid. Oh, poor, poor Dean. Uh, and she's like, look, I want this too. You come in, let's have a beer. Let's, let's talk. And he's like, nope, nope. Can't do that. Can't do it. And she's, he's like, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't have a choice. Things are about to get worse. I can't do this, but I've made arrangements for you and Ben. If you see crap on TV, it's going to get downright trippy is what he said. But yeah. And he's Holy going fuck. to do something, but he's going to have conditions. So he hasn't made this yet. So he says he's going to do this. And she's just like, come on, just say, just say an hour. You can say goodbye to Ben, you know? Mm-hmm. But he's like, nope, it's better if I don't. And she's crying. I'm crying. Fucking Dean's holding it together somehow and kisses her on the temple and says goodbye. And I wrote, dick. I need to get some baby. And we're done. That's it. That's it. So now it has been implied to us as the viewer that Dean is going to say yes to Michael and is negotiating heaven, passage to yeah. heaven for his loved ones. Which basically means Lisa and her kid and maybe Sam. Yeah, who knows? Bobby probably. 
Probably. But he's making his deal. He He's making a deal is what it sounds like. What? Yeah. So this uh, this scene actually was supposed to be in the next week's episode, but they just they cut out a lot of stuff for Leah uh, in order to make it better. They just you know okay. sometimes you gotta edit. Right? Uh, so uh, they just they actually had time to kill in this episode, so that's why that that scene got moved into here. It fits, but it also doesn't fit. Right? They could have left with with Dean leaving Sam at the motel, yeah, off, and it would have been fine. I don't know I think if I would have been more annoyed or less. I think I. I, I like it feels tacked. It does here. feel knowing that though. It, it feels tacked on to me. I can see but. that, but I think it really you're left with so many suspicions. You still are left with the suspicions where you're not sure what he's going to do, but you're pretty fucking sure what he's going to do. But I felt like I thought it was a good ending point. I liked it, but um, it was very surprising. It did feel a little disjointed, but I still didn't. I wouldn't didn't bother me. I thought it was a good choice. Um. Except for the fact that, like, how do you do that to somebody? Be like, oh, I'm going to go be cryptic and say some weird shit to you and confess that I've probably always loved you and would love you forever. But I got to go and I'm not even going to give you any closure. Bye. Like, just don't just don't put that on somebody. Just don't tell them that. Dick move. Right? Dick move. Dick, why did you? Why did you? No, you didn't need to do this. Unless you wanted yep. to just hear her say that you she felt the same. And then that's kind of selfish. But I also, like, kind of also stand by you should tell people how you feel. So about them, not not everything all the time, but I feel like it's important for people to know how you feel about them. So like, I don't know. That's my other side of it. It's very difficult, but it's why would you tell them something about how you feel when it doesn't change anything? I don't know. It's annoying. There we go. Also, he didn't have her phone number yet. He found her new house. Where did you find her house? Like, did she say like stalker skills? You know that. Fair. Fair. So. All right, so I think let's do a shift over to Casting Couch and we can do a final wrap-up on the episode. So, Casting Couch, what you got? Casting Couch It's the Casting Couch Were they on that show that time with that guy? La 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 All right. So up first, we've got our pastor, David Gideon, is played by Larry Poindexter. His career goes back well into the 80s. He's been in one or two episodes of a lot of iconic shows from Chips, Happy Days, Facts of Life, Silver Spoons, Growing Pains, Sledgehammer, Alf, Melrose Place, Friends, Lois and Clark, the two thousand or the early two thousands, Sabrina, The Tick, Will and Grace, NYPD Blue, Weeds, Castle, like all these shows. Um, he's had a, smaller roles in some like moderate sized films, um, including like I don't know, uh, Warm Summer Rain, Judgment Day with um, with uh, Ice T and Coolio. He was in that. Um, he was J- Jeff. Uh, in movie, the movie SWAT, he was Captain Thomas Fuller. Um, he was, funny enough, his character was named Dean in the 17 Again movie. That was the Zac Efron uh, thing. And then he had ongoing characters on JAG, General Hospital, and Blade, the television series. So, so someone that you've probably seen his face before, but may not have known who he was. That's kind of the category. Of, so he's very consistent career, though. 
Leah Gideon was played by Kayla May Maloney. Um, she was has had in a lot of single episodes of programming um, from uh, Without a Trace, Bones, The Office, CSI, and a couple of shows I really liked that were canceled that a lot of people didn't watch, but I noted it because I liked them, which was The Good Guys and Memphis Beat. Um, and then uh, she was a regular on a show called The Glades on A&E. So it was a multi-season mm-hmm. series. Uh, Rob was played by Michael Shanks. Um, he nice. Is, you, you may have seen him in episode of <laughs> episodes of uh, Highlander, Outer Limits, Twilight Zone, uh, The Good Guys. Again, he was a regular uh, character, like long-running character, Doctor Daniel Jackson, on the Stargate series. He appeared on Star- Stargate SG One. And then also Stargate Art, um, Atlantis and the Stargate Universe. Um, his character was an ongoing one. So that's kind of neat. Uh, he was a reoccurring character on 24 and on Burn Notice um, and um, Saving Hope. Uh, he, he was also in the movie Red Riding Hood with Amanda Seyfried and Gary Oldman. So he was played Adrian uh, Lazar in that. And... Uh, uh, tactical uh tactical force with steve austin he's in that too um a couple of other folks uh jane you've seen her on a handful of tv shows um not quite the the acting career that we've seen other places um but she was an a recurring uh, character in the garage sale mysteries which i just feel like falls into like our talk about like our, our like hgtv sh- like haunted hgtv shows so i thought that was funny um and then Paul was played by Bruce Ramsey. He was in a movie that scarred me for life. Uh, in 1993, there was a movie called Alive. Is that the about one about the, the people who die in the mountains? They eat each other? Yes. Yes. It was a true story, quote, well, based on a true story. Yeah, yeah. About, yeah, he was Carlitos um, uh, Paez in, in that. And he, uh, yeah, that movie, like, for years after I watched that, I would, and if I'd be in a room, I'd be like, okay, this room was dropped in the middle of nowhere. How would I survive? Like, that's like where my brain went for years. To Wait, no. Are, oh, see, this room was dropped in the middle of nowhere. Are you picking out who you're going to eat? No, I mean, like, like survival, like stuff. Like, no, I thought you were like looking around, like, and this room is dropped oh, in the middle no, no, of nowhere. No, I mean, like, alone you, in a room. You like, look if, tasty. I'm, like, in my, like, if I'm sitting in my, if my studio was dropped in the middle of, like, nowhere, like, okay. Could I make a weapon out of these guitars? Ooh, or like fishing line out of, of the guitar strings? Like, I've seen saying, like, but that's where... I know you can. <laughs> but I'm saying like, that's like where my brain, like my brain has done that ever, forever since that fucking show. Because they had to like make shit work out of an airplane to survive in really fucking cold, which I also don't like. So it's upsetting. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's the more upsetting part of that. Not that they ate other people. It was just really cold. <laughs> It really fucked with me for a long time. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he also was in Hellraiser, Bloodline, and Holes. So there's a couple other movie roles. Um, a few episodes of a show, um, Hell on Wheels, that I really liked as well. And then he was a reg- regular um, uh, character on a show called 19 uh, 2. Uh, and, and a couple other one called uh, The Art of More and The Porter. He has a regular role on. Dylan was doesn't have quite the length of career, but he does have two fairly known roles. 
One is as Michael in Jane the Virgin, which is an ongoing, uh, has, has been an ongoing um, show for a minute. And then CB in a show called Schooled. Cool. Shows recent years. So yeah. So some people like, like I said, like we don't have probably, we don't have some of our like super duper duper cameos in this. We have some very um, seasoned actors. Cool. All right, so thank you, like I guess that now I'm thanking you for casting couch. I love yeah. whatever. Okay, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, um, but yeah, to wrap so up. I think I think you know you and I were texting about this a little bit after I watched it. I kind of liked this episode, which I feel like an asshole saying because it's fucked up. But. I think uh, what we were talking about a little bit before, like, uh, you know, early on before we started recording too, is about, it's really about, um, you know, we can say it's about religion. We can say it's about cultiness. We can say it's about the fucking TV show and not take it serious at all, but it's kind of like about mob rule and that shit's scary. I don't care what kind of mob rule you're talking about. I'm talking about any kind of mob rule, whether it be governmental religious or any other i don't even like like clapping my hands when a band tells me to do it like no like (laughs) i'm sorry clap on beat for you no i will not be like everybody else that looks just like me Hmm. (laughs) no but i yes they're obviously you know as i alluded to many times there's Fund, religious fundamentalist cult gone awry which is mm-hmm. you know, obviously a main theme of of the episode right this is right what happens you know when people use but it's just people, people are leveraging anything to control other people and to manipulate them it's Correct. fucking terrifying mm-hmm. and then when you have a group of people that all think this is a you know a good thing uh, yeah and so it's a horrifying very truthful look at the human condition and human nature mm-hmm. and i think we're all just scared of it because we've you know in you know in our lifetime we've definitely seen many instances of this and then particularly if you lean you know in in some ways in terms of your personal philosophy it's terrifying mm-hmm so, mm-hmm. but I do think though that you know, one adding in drunk cast was brilliant because that yeah. really provided a lot of levity, and so it wasn't as serious. Sam actually made sense. Like I liked Sam in this episode. Dean's mm-hmm. just a sad sack, but you also understand, mm-hmm. as we said, like what do you do when you find out that there is a god and he doesn't care? Like I'm surprised. Like, like if I were the like, I'm gonna start doing heroin now. That is like probably what I was like. We're just gonna do this. <laughs> Give me some yeah. fentanyl. Oh, ooh. Ooh, ooh. I'm just, no, ma'am. I just mean <laughs> check out, right? Like, yeah, no. I, so, but yeah, it's like it's 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 a lot to. Uh, I, I yeah, I'm trying. I don't want to make it too too serious. Like on the, like the surface level, I thought it was an an entertaining episode. Absolutely, I like the pseudo lesson implication about mob rule and cults and whatever you know, however you want to interpret that. And then I also like the um, I like seeing the other side of Cassiel. We're seeing a little bit of um, him reacting to his revelations. Hmm. His own revelations. Oh, what happens yeah. when you find out yeah. that your dad's a drunk asshole? Oh wait, God wasn't drunk. He just wasn't there. Oh, honey, you're just rejecting. All right. So anyhow, uh, so 
but yeah, so there's a lot of good things in this episode. I think that I think it was very well written. I think it was engaging. I just think it was uh, traumatizing right. and triggering. <laughs> just needed to have horror a few fewer times in the in the script. Maybe you also could have yelled the word whore less. Maybe. Or at least said it with a Scottish <laughs> accent so it sounded better. Hoor. 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 So, yeah, it's... Uh, I just that I word stand got... by. It was a missed opportunity for them to, like, when they were getting ready to go after her, someone go, Boo, you whore. You whore. A Babylon. Oh. Yeah. All right. So, I think with that, we're going to close it out for the night. And buckle up, bitches, because next week's the 100th episode of Supernatural. So, who knows what happens? Oh. All right. Cheers, Dirk. Cheers, bitch. Devil's Trap Podcast is a Don't Get It production. Meow. Devil's Trap Podcast is part of the Ship It Studios Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Devil's Trap Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Devil's Trap Podcast, Twitter at Devil's Trap Pod, or you can email us at Devil's Trap at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave reviews, and share with all your friends. We're at all your favorite podcast outlets and at Devil's Trap Podcast.com. I'm Babe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.